want you to turn for a uh, kind of a beginning text and a thought to the book of Hosea chapter 4. Hosea chapter 4, and we'll read uh, one statement in verse number 6 of the book of Hosea. Hosea chapter 4 and verse number 6. Now the subject that I'm dealing with tonight, I deal with simply out of necessity. Because of what I have, I have discerned and what I see and what I know is going on in our country. I do not know of a time when Satan seems to delude people any more than as a parent that he is doing today. Deception is very, very prevalent, subtle deception. And even so, there are efforts on foot today to brainwash not only the American public, but even God's people, people in the church. We are susceptible to having, uh, uh, having a, a kind of a, a brainwashing of the truths that we have held for years and years. The devil indeed tries to soften our opinion and our thought as to what God says. But you see, though opinions and beliefs may soften in a society, God's word never changes from society to society. From century to century, it does not change. And we need as Bible-believing people to be, uh, to, uh, be uh, certain as to what the Bible says on certain subjects. I do not know of any subject that has captured the minds of our people in America any more than the subject of homosexuality in our nation. And especially in recent months, with all of the hoopla and all of the commotion that has been stirred in our country uh, on this matter, uh, first with the matter of uh, the opening up of the military ranks to uh, uh, gays and homosexuals. And I think it has brought this very subject to uh, the forethought of many men and women. And it's my purpose not to talk to you from the standpoint of politics or, or of, of social uh, opinions, but rather I want to share with you some of the dangers that we are facing in this country and then share with you what the Bible has to say on the subject. Let me say at the outset that what I say is not directed in hostility nor hatred toward an individual. God loves sinners. We know that from the Bible. And what God has to say about sin, indeed we must recognize that he loves sinful man so much that he gave the very best of heaven. He gave his only begotten son and that very death of our Lord Jesus on the cross I think is the paramount expression of God's love for lost men and women. But yet oftentimes when we speak on a subject of this nature, there are those in our society who would accuse us of being filled with hatred and no love and so forth. But yet a doctor can hate cancer yet love his patient. If the doctor is treating cancer and may have some hard things to say to the patient as to some of his activities, some of the things he must cut out, uh, his diet and so forth. Uh, the doctor's not saying that because he despises his patient, but rather because he loves the patient and has the patient's welfare in view. 
Now, I believe that's true of our God when he speaks of sins such as we will be, sin such as we'll be dealing with here tonight. We're living in a day when the, the homosexual community is attempting to overhaul straight America. There is no question about that. It is seen constantly through, the, through television, through Hollywood movies, uh, through uh, literature. Uh, we have come to a day when uh, men and women almost have come to a place they do not want anything negative said about this particular sin. I have a dear preacher friend in Natchez, Mississippi, Dr. James Crumpton a lifelong friend of mine and one of the most brilliant men I think I've ever known. Dr. Crumpton for years wrote articles in the Natchez newspaper and was read, uh, I mean, widely by people all over that state. He told me not long ago, he wrote an article relative to this subject as to what the Bible says uh, to uh, the detriment that the sin of homosexuality was having uh, on uh, society, on personal lives and on families. And uh, he said he wrote that, sent it to the editor, and uh, he looked for that article to be in the paper the next day, and it wasn't there. And he said, I simply thought, well, uh, you know, they probably mislaid it, and it'll be in tomorrow. But he said the next day came, and it wasn't. And he said, I went down to the office of the editor and uh, asked bluntly uh, why that article wasn't in the paper. And he said, the editor said, we do not want any negative thing written in our paper about the gay community. Now, not only is that in the newspaper and the print world, but it is, it is on the airwaves of our country. And you have heard me say before, I believe the day will come when a preacher will be likely arrested if he continues to, to preach and denounce such a sin as the sin of homosexuality. Uh, we live in a day when, the, when that group is trying to associate it with some kind of racial discrimination. And that, I mean, the two things are entirely worlds apart. They are not the same at all. I picked up an article that was entitled The Overhauling of Straight America, written by Marshall Kirk and Erastus Pill. And they give in this article, and I hope you'll forgive me for reading this, but I felt it so important as to let you know what it's all about. Uh, I asked you to turn to Hosea 4 and verse 6, and I hadn't even read that, but I just wanted you to look at the first statement in that verse where the prophet said... My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. In other words, for a lack of knowing what's going on about us and the efforts of sinful men, uh, oftentimes we're destroyed. And I fear that many people in America are unaware of actually what's taking place. Taking place over TV, on the radio, rap music, rock music, modern day contemporary music. And it's all has, is having a softening effect on the heart and mind of men and women as to moral uprightness and moral values. So in reading this particular article, I found that they gave step by step the agenda of the homosexual movement in this country. And... Uh, and their whole purpose, these men are writing from a positive standpoint in favor of it. And their purpose was, and I quote, 
to desensitize the public to help it view homosexuality with indifference instead of viewing it with keen emotion. In other words, there is a program on foot directed primarily toward the media, TV, radio, newspapers, and so forth, magazines, uh, directed uh, there in order to desensitize or to soften the, the, the concept of morals that men and women have had for years and decades in this country. Kirk and Pill began their article by saying, and I want you to listen to their quote. They're, they're saying, you can forget about trying to persuade the masses that homosexuality is a good thing. Now, even these fellows know it's not a good thing, but instead the attempts to try to prove to the general public that it's a good thing, you can forget that. But if only you can get them to think that it is just another thing with a shrug of their shoulders, then your battle for legal and social rights is virtually won. And to get to the shoulder shrug stage, gays as a class must cease to appear mysterious, alien, loathsome, and contrary. A large-scale media campaign will be required in order to change the image of gays in America. Now, I want to ask you this question. If you view television very much, do you recall some programs that you have seen in recent months and even over the past year that give the soft touch to this kind of lifestyle. It is laughed off. It is, and if someone objects to that kind of lifestyle, uh, that person is portrayed as some kind of bigot, some kind of narrow-minded, hating kind of individual. Now, the medium of television is one of the main instruments that the, this crowd, as well as we could name others, the liquor industry and all of the rest, they have chosen to desensitize us on these very important moral issues in life. I want to give you their six points, according to Kirk and Pill, in order uh, the points that they have set forth to accomplish this desensitizing of the American public toward homosexuality. Number one, now listen carefully. Talk about gays and gayness as loudly and as often as possible. Any behavior begins to look normal if you're exposed to enough of it at close quarters. Now, think of shows such as Oprah, Donahue, uh, what's his name, Graldo or something, Sally Jesse and all the rest. Uh, think of the, the weirdos that these people have on those shows and people view those things, and if you view them long enough, after a while, and have you ever noticed this? People who object to that weird lifestyle out in the audience, somehow they always make them appear to be some kind of a crackpot. In other words, do not think that that's by accident, folks. In other words, it is a carefully planned scheme to give a different impression as to what normal and natural convictions are, and they are very successful in apparently accomplishing these things. These programs I've mentioned have some of the most bizarre type people, uh, and they come out and bear it all. 
I mean, just in bold conversation. And uh, so uh, uh, this kind of TV viewing is indeed harmful. And uh, remember this, that those TV shows going to hospitals for the mentally ill, uh, they go into prisons and go, uh, the criminal uh, views them. And those things excite and incite uh, those who are prone in that direction uh, 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 to follow through with it. A second point, and I hear this, portray gays as victims, not as aggressive challengers. Gays must be cast as victims in need of protection so that straights will be inclined by reflex to assume the role of the protector. In other words, good people, after the mind and morals have been desensitized, uh, the good people in America, if convinced that these people are just being, uh, uh, you know, they're being harassed, uh, they're being treated unfairly. And therefore, the person who is really the, the booger bear is the fellow who would stand up trying to preserve the Judeo-Christian ethic and values that we have held so dear and that has made our country great. And so portray them as victims. Thirdly, give protectors a just cause. Now follow this. Most would rather attack their awakened protective, um, uh, their awakened protective impulse of justice and law and fair treatment in society. Our campaign should not demand direct support for homosexual practices but should take anti-discrimination as its theme. Now just think a minute. Are you aware that that is exactly, I mean, the, exactly what's taking place? In other words, it's no longer uh, the homosexual and gay crowd trying to prove that our style is right. They themselves even admit that it's not straight, that it's not right, that it's not normal. But the attempt of what they're doing is to try to get, uh, to, to try to become a, 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 a hated group, a uh, discriminated against group, uh, a group that is harassed, and they're succeeding in that in this country. Number four, make gays look good. Paint gays as pillars of society. Have the gay community looking like the veritable fairy godmother to Western civilization. They're the pillars of society. Observe some of the TV programs. Watch some of those that have a a, a homosexual or gay in that program and you'll find that is exactly what's taking place. They're a pillar of society. They're very wonderful, upstanding citizens. Again, uh, number five. Make the victimizers look bad. To be blunt, they must be victimized. With shame and guilt, make them, that is the anti-homosexuals, look so nasty that the average American will want to disassociate themselves with such, from such types. Then, homosexuals can compare anyone who is against their practices as deranged members of the Ku Klux Klan are like Nazis who would torture and gas them to death. These are things that we need to be aware of what's taking place. And oftentimes are taking place and we don't even know what's happening. My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. The sixth step, solicit funds, several million dollars. 
Gays not supporting families could contribute uh, more. Funds could come from local gay organizations on campuses and in metropolitan areas. In the recent presidential campaign, President Clinton's campaign received $3.4 million from the gay community. Is it any wonder that that was perhaps the first thing on his agenda to push through and on the American public? What I'm trying to say, folks, and I'm not, I'm not talking political stuff. I'm talking about the character of people. I'm talking about what we're facing in this country and what your children, what your grandchildren are going to face. I could tell you as well what SECUS is doing, the sex education and information uh, group in America who has largely control and feeds the information into our sex education programs in America. In 1974, SECUS updated a statement of belief. It included some of these things. Contraceptive care for minors. It is the position of SECUS that contraceptive services should be available to all, including minors who should enjoy the same rights of free and independent access to medical contraceptive care as others. Seekers has had control of sex education in public schools. They initiated comprehensive sex education in the 60s. Now listen, the federal government, out of our tax money, has spent almost $3 billion to promote contraceptives and sex education among our teenagers. Now we talk about being in debt. Here our government's already spent three, I didn't say million, three billion dollars. And do you know what it's accomplished? Listen to this. Unwed pregnancies among 15 to 19 year olds have increased 87%. Abortion among teens rose 67%. Unwed births went up 61%. Now, you'd think after a while, some of this group would say, hey, we're sorry, we're wrong. We, we just did the wrong thing. But you know what they're doing now? Asking for more money so they can push through more programs to desensitize the minds. I'm not talking about just high school students. I'm talking about little grammar school students. And we need in America, and especially Bible-believing Christians, we need to awaken folks to what's going on in this very country of ours. Again, then, I think with that in mind, I've, I've kind of introduced enough to you of what's going on. I want to leave you with what the Bible says relative to homosexuality. You need to know what the scripture says. You believe the Bible, you need to know what it says. Many of these things, indeed, that I'm going to give you will indeed show you the mind of God relative to this particular sin. First of all, homosexuality is, according to the Bible, wicked and sinful. Now, God doesn't pull any punches. Uh, He doesn't use any soft-toned words. He is a holy God. It is wicked and sinful. Genesis 13 and verse 13. The scripture says, but the men of Sodom, and we all know what a sodomite is, sodomy. We're talking about uh, the sin of homosexuality. But the men of Sodom were wicked and sinners before the Lord exceedingly. 
Now that's, I'm not telling you my opinion. I'm telling you how God felt about the wicked, sinful, perverted sexuality in Sodom and Gomorrah. Again in Genesis 18 and verse number 20. Genesis 18, verse 20. And the Lord said, because the cry of Sodom and Gomorrah is great and because their sin is very grievous. Now, I want you to understand how God feels about this particular sin. So it is wicked and sinful. Secondly, homosexuality is an abomination. That's what God calls it. It's an abomination. Leviticus 18 and verse 22. Now, you may not have time to turn to all these. I'll go as slowly as I can. But I want you to hear what, what, what the scripture is saying. I want you to be acquainted, not with what your pastor says, but I want you to understand what God says about it. Leviticus 18 and verse 22. The scripture verse says, Thou shalt not lie with mankind as with womankind. It is abomination. That's what God says. He didn't say it's an alternative lifestyle. He said it's an abomination. Now, the word abomination comes from the Hebrew word uh, to'eba. And the word to'eba simply means morally disgusting. God is saying the sin is disgusting to him. It is repugnant. Now, uh, the Lord uses that term in, uh, in relation to other sins. Such as in Deuteronomy 7.25, he calls idolatry, the worship of idols, abominable. He calls in Deuteronomy 12, verse 31, just jot these down. Don't try to look them up, you'll miss it. He says human sacrifice is abominable. I want you to notice the company God puts this sin of homosexuality in. Human sacrifice. Sacrificing defective animals, Deuteronomy 17.1. Occult activity, the practice of occultism, witchcraft, so forth. Deuteronomy 18, verse 9 through 14. Dishonest business practice is called abominable in the eyes of God. It is morally disgusting. Cultic prostitution, that is, prostitutes that were temple prostitutes, uh, as in the city of Corinth. And their, the money that they received was given in the temple of their false gods. God says in 1 Kings 14, verse 23 and 24, that is an abomination. It is morally disgusting. But you see what the, what's happening in our society through the media and so forth. We are, we are, we are losing the, the, great, the great moral principle that God himself has established for our own well-being, for the well-being of our society, for the well-being of our nation, for the well-being of our world. Not only that, but homosexuality number three is a capital crime according to God and is deserving of capital punishment. Now, I want to I preface just before I read you a verse in Leviticus 20, verse 13. And lest uh, somebody who is a little weak upstairs would think, well, it's my business to go out and kill all of them. No, it's not. That's contrary to God's law too. I just want you to hear the feeling of God toward this terrible sin. Le Leviticus 20 and verse 13. If a man also lie with mankind as he lieth with a woman, both of them have committed an abomination. They surely, they shall surely be put to death. Their blood 
shall be upon them. Now, I mean, brother, I'm afraid if uh, Jewish law under Moses, if that were present day, we'd, all you'd be doing is having funerals. The whole story is, I'm trying to get you to understand how serious a sin this is in the eyes of God. In Romans chapter 1 and verse 32, the Lord talks about those who knowing the judgment of God after he talks about the perverted, that they which commit such things are worthy of death. Now in old Israel, I mean they put them to death. Number four, homosexuality is of the devil and is satanic. In the book of Judges 19 and verse 22, just let me give you this. The man who had left uh, his father-in-law's house late and going home and he stopped in this particular city. Uh, he was hunt, uh, looking for lodging and a good one, only one good man in the city gave him lodging. This is a similar scene to what happened in Lot, to Lot down in Sodom. And in Judges 19, the verse says, behold the men of the city, certain sons of Belial, a reference to Satan. Sons of the devil, he said. They came to this man's door and here's what they said. Bring forth the man. Bring forth the man that came into thine house that we may know him. In other words, now I'm just trying to get acquainted with him and find out his name. They had the intention of perverted sexuality. Number five, homosexuality is folly. It is foolish in which... A person for which, a, uh, if a person gets involved, the scripture. Judges 19 verse 23 in this same passage. The man said, when these fellows asked for the man who came in, he said, no, my brethren, no, I pray you, do not so wickedly, do not this folly. He said, it's, what you're doing is wicked. And he said, it's foolishness. Don't get involved in this. Again, number six, homosexuality is condemned by God. Now, it may not be condemned by a present society, but it's condemned, folks, of God. Colossians 3, verse 5 and 6 says, Mortify therefore your members which are upon earth, fornication, uncleanness, inordinate affection, evil concupiscence, and covetousness, for which things sake the wrath of God cometh on the children of disobedience. Listen to what Peter says in 2 Peter 2, 6. And turning the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah into ashes, God condemned them with an overthrow, making them an ensample unto those that after should live ungodly. In Jude's prophecy, chapter, uh, uh, verse 7, Jude says, Even as Sodom and Gomorrah and the cities about them in like manner, giving themselves over to fornication and going after strange flesh, are set forth for an example, suffering the vengeance of eternal fire. And to save me, I cannot understand a man who calls himself a preacher and reads the Bible can come up and say, hey, this is all right. We even have churches today in America who ordain these people into the ministry, uh, both men and women. President Clinton has just recently appointed a known lesbian to his, to, to, uh, as a, a member of his cabinet. And yet again, what we're having in this country is such a deluge of, of a squelching and the, and the squashing of moral concepts and values. Point number seven. Homosexuality is to be eliminated by government officials and not tolerated or encouraged by them. 
what the Bible said. Let me give you a verse. First Kings chapter 15, verse 11 and 12. Notice what this great king did, King Asa. First Kings 15, verse 11 and 12, and Asa did that which was right in the eyes of the Lord, as did David his father. And he took away the Sodomites out of the land. Today in America, we, we coddle them. Uh, we are spending billions upon billions of dollars to educate some of our precious children. That this is a perfectly legitimate lifestyle. First Kings chapter 22 and verse 46. Jehoshaphat, good King Jehoshaphat, the Bible said, and the rem and this is the, the son of King Asa, and the remnant of the Sodomites which remained in the days of his father, Asa, he took out of the land. He took out of the land. We met a big hoopla and, and hoorah uh, when the, even uh, our present president decided not to let the Haitians in who had AIDS to bring that into this country. We, we have, something's happened in our nation, folks. God help us to awaken before it's too late. Second Kings 23 and verse number seven, Josiah, King Josiah, and he broke down the houses of the Sodomites that were by the house of the Lord where the women wove hangings for the groves. Here is what these government officials did. They didn't encourage it. They didn't tolerate it. In fact, they eliminated it. From, their, from the land. Number eight, homosexuality is common. I want you to get this. It is common in proud, prosperous, self-sufficient, materialistic societies. It's a common thing. In Ezekiel chapter 16, verse 49 and 50, make a note of that and listen to this. Ezekiel 16, verse 49 and 50, and the verse says, Behold, this was the iniquity of thy sister Sodom. Pride, fullness of bread, and abundance of idleness was in her and in her daughters. Neither did she strengthen the hand of the poor and needy. They were all involved in self instead of others. And they were haughty and committed abomination before me, therefore I took them away as I saw good. In other words, here is a, a society, Ezekiel, the Lord's talking to through Ezekiel, and he's talking about how they are uh, proud, they have a fullness of bread, they're affluent, it's of idleness, uh, there is no concern for others, it is only self-gratification, selfish pursuits, and so as a result, it becomes a common thing in those in that type of society. Another point, homosexuality is characteristic of a society that has rejected or turned its back on God. Now, I don't have time to give you any more, but I want you to turn to Romans chapter one, lest you think we've just hung out over in the Old Testament. I want you to hear what this is. You've read it before, but hear this practice is characteristic of a society, of a people, of a nation that's turned their back on God and turned their back on the word of God. Romans chapter one, look at verse 24. Wherefore, already he said in verse 21, two and three, how they, when they knew God, they wouldn't glorify him as God. They were not thankful so forth. Now here's the result. Wherefore, 
God also, this verse 24, God also gave them up to uncleanness through the lust of their own hearts to dishonor their own bodies between themselves who changed the truth of God into a lie and worshiped and served the creature more than the creator who is blessed forever, amen. For this cause, God gave them up unto vile affections. What is the vile affection? For even their women did change the natural use into that which is against nature. And likewise also the men leaving the natural use of the woman burned in their lust one toward another. Men with men working that which is unseemly and receiving in themselves that recompense of their error which was meet or which was deserved. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind. We're talking about the God of the Bible. To do those things which are not convenient, being filled with all unrighteousness, fornication, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, debate, deceit, malignity, whisperers, backbiters, haters of God, despiteful, proud, boasters, inventors of evil things, disobedient to parents, without understanding, covenant breakers, without natural affection, implacable, unmerciful, who knowing the judgment of God, they know it's wrong, that they which commit such things are worthy of death, not only do the same, but have pleasure in them that do them. What a picture of a decadent, godless society. The Bible also teaches us that it is a sin that will keep people out of heaven. You say, that's just your opinion. No. I want you to look in 1 Corinthians chapter 6. And then, I'm, uh, then we're through. I've got four minutes anyhow. 1 Corinthians chapter 6. And look at verse number 9. 1 Corinthians 6, verse number 9. And we read this. Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Be not deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor abusers of themselves and mankind, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. Well, that's a pretty tough list, don't you think? Now, what I believe is saying is simply this. The sins that are mentioned here is not so much the sin that keeps a man out of heaven, but it keeps a man or woman from coming to Christ. And their failure to come to Christ, their love for the sin, keeping them away from the Son of God, keeping them away from Christ, keeping them away from the new birth, that's what keeps them out of heaven. But I want you to watch, and I close with this, that this sin of homosexuality is a sin. Listen from which one can be delivered. Thank God for that. Now the world has already tried to convince the crowd who's drawn and sucked into this, uh, this type of sin that there's no hope. I mean, there is destined to be like that all the rest of their life. That is not true. The verse says this, verse 11, and such were, some of you, that's past tense, 
Such, you were like this. Such were some of you. But you are washed. You're made clean. You are sanctified. You're made holy. But you are justified. You're declared righteous. How? In the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. Hallelujah. I'm glad the Lord is able to deliver. So what I've said tonight, I've said out of a heart of concern for our people, for our young people, for our moms and dads. And I know it's not a pleasant subject. I'd rather talk about heaven and shout about golden streets and pearly gates and all of that. I like to sing about the sweet by and by, but I'm reminded we're living in the nasty now and now. And we need to be aware of what's taking place, folks. God help us to pray for our youth that have become the target of many of these groups, many of these movements, seeking to destroy their precious minds and souls, their bodies, and I believe in a satanic attempt to destroy this nation that of all the nations of the world has been used of God. More missionaries have gone out of this nation than any nation on the face of the earth. More Bibles have come out of here. There have been some of the strongest churches in the world built in this nation. And I believe Satan is behind the whole scheme to defeat and destroy the very cause of God for this nation. I hope you become alerted. I hope you'll be aware the devil's going to try to brainwash you folks. And you think it's tough now. You wait 10 years from now. You wait four years from now. God help us to... To, to take as Christian parents the responsibility of teaching our youngsters the Word of God, setting before them the right example, give, showing a compassionate heart, and being faithful to our blessed Lord. Let's stand together, please. Heavenly Father, there are times when we must deal with subjects that are not so appealing to us, and yet, Lord, we realize that we live in a day of darkness, a day when Satan is attempting to seduce the minds and souls of precious men and women, and especially our youth. How we pray that you'll help us to build about our souls, our minds, a hedge. Help us realize the devil's artillery is being fired to soften up the beachhead so he can make a landing. May we stand tall and strong and courageous and yet, Lord, as we stand firm on the convictions of thy word, may we, may we speak the truth in love. And may we love men and women. May we love the homosexual and the lesbian that we might bring them the message of Jesus Christ, that we might tell them there is hope, there is the, there is the promise of deliverance. May, Father, we be faithful in our witnessing to those even in the early days of life. Thank you for our precious church. May we be true to thee. May we stand unflinchingly upon the truth of thy precious word. Go with us now to our homes. And may we realize that Jesus Christ is the answer. When truly he takes hold of a man or woman, a boy or girl's life, we believe that he changes them. So we ask that even those who may profess to know him, that in truth do not, Maybe some who do know him, but yet they need that delivering power that only you can give. 
Nay, Father, we see continued victories. Now bring us back on the Lord's day for a great time of blessing and victory, and we'll be careful to praise you for it. In Jesus' name, amen.